that was an interesting transition. I was still working in the temple at that time. So I literally had to like tell them that I wasn't going to do that anymore. And it was, and then I'd tell my husband. And then my second thought, like as soon as I had the thought that, oh, the church isn't true. My second thought was I'm a lesbian. It's just like, it all came to me. And then oh. everything about the church that was, that I hadn't been sure about, like supporting gay people or like the feminism issues and all these different things. Like they all just like came to me and I had, there were so many things that I had had like issues with, with like feeling a little bit more liberal, leaning on things, but being like, no, I can't think like that because this is what the church tells us to think. All of a sudden I just was like, wow, I can think whatever I want. Welcome to the Empowered Spirituality Podcast. Join me, your host, Samantha Nagel, a certified integrative nutrition health coach, poet, witch, and work in progress for grounding meditations, inspiring interviews, and reflections about spirituality, holistic health, and the world around us. Join in every Thursday as we explore what empowered spirituality means to us in today's world. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Empowered Spirituality. It is me, Sam, um, with you here now. And I am so excited to bring you this episode. It's so good. Um, I think we could have talked, or at least I could have talked to her for like an, another hour. Um, so it's so good, so juicy, so healing, and so wonderful. This episode is with Ash Morgan. Perhaps you've seen her on Instagram. In this episode, I share about how I found Ash and then how I initially met her, which is through her breathwork, um, her breathwork offerings, her pranayama offerings. And I love to share my experience with her. It was so, so special. And something, the first session um, was so, so special. So I'm going to share about the first one. We have worked together since. I'm so grateful to have that resource um, and have her support. So it's really, really, I'm really, really lucky, but it was amazing. I felt warm during the breath work. I felt like tingly and overcome with emotions for the first session. And at the very end, there was so much like emotion that came up and like in a beautiful, safe way. Um, and at the end, she invited me to meet my higher self. I imagined my higher self as a golden blanket that was covering me from head to toe. And I had never, never experienced the feeling of calm and serenity that I had experienced at that moment. And I've, you know, I've gotten close to that feeling. I've like worked really hard to experience that like calm and serenity. Um, and I'm actively working outside of breath work to experience that calmness and that serenity. But that was truly the first time that I had ever felt a, a state of pure, pure calm, pure serenity. For someone who is an anxious person like myself, I, you know, I'm always overthinking. And most of my work is like having compassion with myself as I overthink and guiding myself back to a place of calm or centeredness. So it was so amazing that I was able to just get there, that that feeling of calm was so easy. Well, I mean, we did a lot of work to get there, but that it felt easily accessible 
and not fleeting. I think that's something I've always struggled with was, you know, getting to that place of centeredness is hard and it's like constant work. But if you work too hard, (laughs) that's like, it's, it's just challenging. It's challenging, especially if you're uh, tend toward anxiety, like I do. It wasn't just valuable because I experienced that state. It was valuable because I never knew I was capable of that state. Even under the influence of things, I had never been in a place of pure calm before. Um, And so it was really, really exciting to know that I was capable. My body, my mind, my spirit was capable of being in a place of calmness and serenity. And we had some time where I was able to talk to my higher self and she was able to share things with me. And one thing I really heard was I create a lot of my own suffering. I create drama in my mind. I latch on to things that don't need to be latched on to. I worry about things that don't need to be worried about. And actually that worrying it is preventing me from seeing the underlying current or the underlying truth. I mean, like, that's a very simple way to put it. Like, have you ever been having an anxiety attack or even just overthinking something and someone tells you, just don't worry about it. Have you ever felt like, Oh, thanks. (laughs) Like, thanks. I never thought about that. So I don't mean it like that. Like just stop worrying about it. Um, but it's hard to articulate too. And I think that's something I work on with clients is finding that place of compassion for yourself because the reason I overthink is because of the systems and the programs and what I've been taught and what I'm trying to unlearn. Like I didn't come, I wasn't born feeling ashamed. I wasn't born feeling like I had to prove my worthiness through working or through fawning or people pleasing, right? I wasn't born that way. I learned that from people and from systems and from groups and from school and from religion, right? Like I can have so much compassion for myself in saying like, I did not choose this anxiety. I did not choose this worry. I did not choose this pain. And also like I have the responsibility to move through it and to integrate it and to learn from it and to choose not to continue that pain. I'm going to butcher the quote, but I know the Buddha, there's some readings or texts where he's talking about, um, is it, we, we all feel pain, but suffering's optional, something like that. Um, I'm not really, I never knew what that meant until, I mean, I could like understand it, but that visualization of my higher self, giving me that information really helped me to understand that I haven't, I'm not a victim all the time. Um, I can choose to live in a more empowered place, a more empowered state. I can choose to see things differently and it's fucking hard. Like it doesn't happen overnight. Um, and that's something that I think I work with people around too, of just because I know that like, I'm being told that this thing about my body image or whatever, just because I know that, like, why do I still do it? Like there's some shame. There's some, some second layer shame that comes with that. Giving ourselves that compassion is so, so important in this whole journey. And actually Ash and I touch on that when we talk about living in your truth and, and exploring a more authentic way of living and showing up and, and serving that the 
the road to being authentic or to ditching people pleasing or to being more confident is not linear for sure. Um, I think the most confident person you can think of, whether in your life or like an influencer or a celebrity or a self-help person, a teacher, they don't feel confident 24 seven. Their confidence ebbs and flows too. Nothing, nothing is linear. Linear, uh, actually, I learned this from a client of mine uh, who is so cool, but um, she was saying that even time, even the way that we look at things linearly is colonization at work, right? Our, like our very, very deep ancestors didn't live on a linear path. So even that expectation that healing is linear is, is another way that we're colonizing or, or we have been colonized or both. Um, yeah, it's okay that your journey to whatever it is that you're journeying to, uh, it's okay that that's not linear. It's okay that you might stand up for yourself one day or one moment and then apologize profusely the next. And you might go home and beat yourself up about that, but it's also normal and to be expected. It's okay. Sometimes we get so hard on ourselves for not meeting our own standards of how we should be, but we're not perfect. Um, Ash says this in the interview, I'm not a machine. You're not a machine. And what you're doing is enough. How you're healing is enough. How you're practicing standing up for yourself or setting boundaries is enough, even if it's not quote unquote perfect because there is no such thing as perfect. There's just trying, there's just doing your best. Um, so yeah, I don't even know how I got on that tangent. <laughs> um, but I am joined today by Ash Morgan, pronouns she, her. She's a history nerd, pranayama breathwork healer, and she jokingly calls herself a professional lesbian. She grew up conservative and deeply religious, but now she's extremely spiritual and makes amazing queer content on the internet, including queer and other taboo histories on YouTube or history videos on YouTube. Uh, Ash is so amazing. That's actually how I found her to begin with. Um, she did a lot of queer history stuff, which uh, is so interesting. If you look through her earlier reels on her Instagram, you'll see a lot of queer history stuff, uh, which is, I think, really cool and not just interesting, but really important to see that like being queer isn't new. I think a lot of people say like, oh, this this younger generation with their pronouns and their sexual orientations or their non-monogamy or whatever that looks like. Uh, this is so new and so progressive um, or other words that aren't as nice. <laughs> um, but no, sexuality wasn't always this binary, the gender wasn't always this binary thing that we see now or that we've been accustomed to now program to think as normal now. Um, and that queer history, while just being like a minute long, even on Instagram, she has longer ones on YouTube, but it helps remind us that the way that we're living now is not the way that we've always lived. It's not the way that humans have lived. It's just the way that some humans have recently lived and decided was normal. So I think it's really, really important to have that, that information. Um, in this episode, we talk about like internalized homophobia or internalized compulsive heterosexuality. And actually in the show notes, 
making a note for myself to do this. There's this cool um, Google Doc. I meant to ask Ash about this, but I didn't. <laughs> um, it's like, I don't know, five, five to 10 pages long. Um, a researcher, uh, I don't know the date when she did it, but it's all these things about compulsive heterosexuality and it's, it's referenced a lot. Maybe you've seen it, maybe you haven't. Um, but I think it's one of the first times that compulsive heterosexuality was addressed or talked about in a big way. Um, and that article is really interesting. We don't talk about it in the episode, but I will link it below because I think it's really uh, interesting. Um, yeah. So I'm keeping in my last little bit about in the intro, and I wanted to add this in because my mind is blown, uh, like stunned. Um, the I got it wrong, by the way. The the document, the Google Doc, uh, was not uploaded 20 years ago. <laughs> It's just so wrong and inaccurate. It's hilarious. Um, but it was uh, uploaded in 2018, I believe. Um, but the uploader, unbeknownst to me, the writer is someone I know and someone that we all know, Angelie Luz. If you remember that name or if it sounds familiar, because she was on an episode in season one talking about Reiki and the Akashic Records and a little bit about tarot as well. I just can't believe it. I wanted to leave that part in about me saying the absolute wrong thing <laughs> um, and and have you cap have this captured of my shock and awe. So I thought that was so funny, so intriguing. I love that this person who created this document that is life-changing for so many people is a friend of mine and I had no idea. So that is so cool. I learned it from Google and I messaged her and was like, oh my gosh. So, okay. Uh, got it way wrong. <laughs> it was not 20 years ago. I don't know if Google Docs was even a thing. I don't know what I was thinking, but so cool. little correction. And also shout out to Anjali for doing that. It is so amazing. Okay, back to the episode. We talk about leaving religion. Ash is Mormon or not is Mormon, uh, was Mormon. Um, and what that was like for her to leave that religion. So important to talk about the, so many people have left religion on this podcast. I know we talked to Karina Davis last week. And she talked about her experience leaving religion, right? This is so common. And I think we really shy away from it because it's touchy, right? People are religious and it feels uncomfortable to say like, I respect your religion and it deeply wounded me in ways that are still coming up. Um, but it's really, really important to talk about the trauma that we can go through. And this episode doesn't get into the trauma really, but, or like not a deep, deep trauma. I don't think it would be traumatizing to listen to, but if, if hearing about leaving religion is, please listen to that. Uh, but it's just so important to talk about. And I really, really appreciate Ash for going there with us and, and telling us about what felt so wrong to her and also the steps she took and the path that she took to leave and to put herself in situations where she felt safer and better about her, her surroundings. We also talk about coming out of the closet, uh, like Ash calls herself a professional lesbian. We talk about that journey. 
We also talk about coming out of the broom closet. So we have closets and closets. Um, we talk a little bit about social media, which I wasn't planning on chatting about, but was awesome. We talked about how, you know, social media isn't real. I will leave it at that. <laughs> we talk about intuition and people pleasing. And then we talk all about pranayama, her journey um, as a recipient or a like her self-practice, I guess, of pranayama and then how she came on to be a healer and get her certification. Uh, and we also talk about like the inner critic that shows up either when we're healers or just spiritual people and how that, um, I called it internalized religion. I'm sure someone else has already come up with that phrase, um, like kind of comes out um, in, in fun, fun, surprising ways. Uh, this was such an awesome, and also we talk about how to um, balance spirituality with the scientific or the other interests about us. I actually, um, when I came out as queer, it became a huge part of my identity. Um, it was how I thought about myself and how I thought about the world primarily. And I felt like one of my only sources of identity was being a queer person. And then interestingly enough, I felt like more disconnected from that part of myself as time went on. Um, and so it's, it's interesting. I think that's really common, especially when people come out a little bit later in life. I mean, I'm not that later in life, but um, I think it's interesting to see how that happens and how we can kind of make something our identity in a really big way, but then go back um, and kind of like figure out where we want that identity to be and how big of a role we want it to play. We also talk about that in terms of spirituality as well, which I think is really interesting. Uh, all right. That is all I wanted to say before this awesome interview. Thanks for hanging out with me as I chatted and debriefed. Uh, I think you're really, really going to like this. Welcome Ash Morgan to the Empowered Spirituality Podcast. Hello. Oh, it's so great to have you. Um, the way that I found you is actually really cool. I was following you on Instagram for a while. Um, and then maybe I told you this at midnight one night randomly, I opened my phone and I went to your page. Like just, I felt guided there. And that's when I saw that you were offering half price. And this was a while ago, half price breathwork sessions. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, oh, I was guided to her page for this reason. And I booked it and it was amazing. Um, and just the work you do in general is so awesome. So I'm so excited wow. to have you. Wow. I don't think I, I don't know if you told me that or not, but that makes me so happy. It's cool to see. I've done that with other like spiritual people. And it's really mm -hmm. cool to see that come back around to me. That feels really, really good. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. <laughs> You're welcome. It is a weird experience. I've had that too, where people will mm -hmm. like quote things back to me that I've said. And I'm like, whoa, I said that. Yeah, <laughs> and also you remember it? That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's oh, a cool hey. experience um well I'm going to start with pulling a card I'm going to pull from the good tarot deck and this is by Colette Baron Reed right so I always say this card could be just for me just for you could be for a listener it could inform the conversation or it could not uh, it'll be interesting to see what comes up and this right coming out a little tarot roulette let's go <laughs> uh, this is the seven of air, which would be, here, I'm going to look it up. I think it would be swords in the traditional deck, but I still read from the booklet. Mm -hmm. I do too. 
It's a lot to memorize. I know. I usually go to biddytarot.com and just read what they say. I do too. That's one of my favorites. So air is mind and it represents swords. So it's technically the seven of swords. And the description is independence, nonconformity. Oh, this is good. Living mm. life on one's own terms without people pleasing. And the affirmation is now is the time for me to live life on my own terms. So I must find the courage to reject, reject conformity. Listening to my yearning for independence is key to breaking free of groupthink and attending to my own needs. Diplomacy with others can help me be true to my call to do what I know I must do for myself. And that is yeah. so applicable to today's episode, I think. Yeah. And it's funny because that's very, very, very similar to what I pulled for myself this morning. So <laughs> of <Whoa>. course, yeah. <laughs> wow. So it's, it's a double whammy for you. I know. Wow. Okay. But yeah, my guys are just like, gosh, <laughs> get rid of what no longer serves you and just do your thing. Yes. Wow. So let's just jump right in living your life on your own terms I know that's something that you are doing and you also, you have a lot of helpful content that inspires other people to live life on their own terms. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. Um, what was that journey like for you to come to figure out what your own terms were and, and how to get there? Okay. So, I mean, do you kind of, do you want to hear kind of my spiritual and coming out journey then? Yeah, <laughs> let's like do that's it. But that'd be a good place to start. Um, this could be a really long story, so I'll try to shorten it as much as possible, but basically I was raised very religiously. Um, I was raised in a Mormon household or the church, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, their full name. (laughs) Um, my parents are amazing. They're incredible. We're really close. I don't like hold anything against them, but the actual religion itself was maybe not the most helpful for me personally especially as a queer person and a witchy person. (laughs) Um, It just is very much a a high demand religion and very conservative. And so I kind of was raised hating my queerness um, and trying, I was like a star student Mormon, I would say. Like I truly did everything. I was like a kid that would like raise their hand in class and shared all their thoughts and wrote notes in church and like was like the class pet to all of my like church teachers like that was me and I was just so deeply ingrained I was in the sauce like I really didn't even like consider that it could not be true um and I actually ended up getting married to a man at age 19 because it was the next thing that you do it was the stuff I was like really drinking the Kool-Aid that was the thing that I wanted it was this thing that I had been dreaming about my whole life um and getting married and actually realizing it wasn't like, oh, as great as I thought it would be, or there were a lot of things that were missing for me that I didn't realize. <laughs> like it was, you know, it was eye-opening. And within my marriage is when I actually started to start thinking for myself a little bit more. I started figuring out the fact that I was queer. I started, I guess, accepting that about myself, acknowledging it, um, recognizing mm-hmm. that it wasn't normal to think that all women were really beautiful and like your partner was just like eh. <laughs> like I remember um I had multiple girlfriends who were married and they would talk about I had like this it, it's a specific moment that's burned in my brain I was talking to my friends and they were like oh my husband like he just drives me so crazy he's so annoying but then I just look at him and he's just so hot and I just like 
can't stay mad at him. And I remember thinking like, oh my God, people think that about their husbands. Like I've never thought that about my husband. I'm always just like, oh. like I just wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't look at, I liked, I had an emotional connection. That was like, I thought that emotional connection was, you know, romantic attraction. And so there were just all these little moments that like hit me and I started realizing this isn't normal. Maybe there's something to this. And I felt so guilty, felt like a terrible person. Um, around that same time, I started discovering um, spirituality. I actually was, if anyone knows anything about Mormonism, um, they have those temples. They have like big temples that nobody except for members can go into and you, and not even all members can go and you have to like be interviewed and asserted that you were worthy before you can go in. I actually used to work in those temples. Um, I was, I like volunteered every Wednesday at like 6am would work six hour, a six hour shift there doing all of the rights I guess like laying my hands on people's head doing all these um spiritual things <laughs> I guess yeah. the Mormon rituals and I actually started um getting into like getting interested in like witchcraft and crystals and herbs and stuff while I was still working in the temple and I remember I started, oh. was starting to like lose my faith mostly because the church was so high demand that it was making me really depressed and I started like getting interested in other modalities but I just felt like it was so bad I like literally was googling or I was literally on Amazon just like looking at um little like witchcraft kits with like different herbs and stuff and just like secretly looking at it and you're like oh my god nobody can see that I'm looking at this because this is witchcraft mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's it's crazy now because I'm like so in it but like back then I truly thought that it was like a sin that I was even looking at that stuff but yeah, yeah, it finally just like all came to a head for me. I took a little break from the church because um, I actually went out on, there's so much like Mormon lingo splits with the sister missionaries. So um, mm-hmm. our, in the Mormon church, you a lot of people go and like spend two years of their lives promoting the church. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a thing called splits where the members in, in the local areas can go out with their mission, the missionaries that are in their area and help like share their testimony with people who are like investigating the church and basically just like help further affirm like how great the church is Mm -hmm. and so I had signed up to go on um splits with the sister missionaries because I never felt like I was doing enough in the church even though it's Mm. a very high demand church and I remember going out and just being like something feels wrong to me like I just don't it doesn't feel right like I couldn't even put it in words there just was something off and -hmm. I went home and I remember just crying to God and being like I just wish I could be like a little carefree like witch but I know I can't like I know the church is true and I basically told God I was like I'm gonna take a week break off I just need a week break off wow to like not obsess about reading my scriptures every day to not go into the temple to not like we had these like free everybody had like a calling or like a job at church that you had to do for free that you were assigned and like I was just like okay it just would, I would like cry out before church almost every week. So I was so stressed with all the things that I had to do. And I just was like, you know what, this week, I'm not thinking about church, nothing church. Like I'm not even going to go there. And it was crazy. Cause as soon as I did that, all of a sudden my brain started thinking like, okay, well, we've been told that we're not allowed to look into the history of the church because it's like anti-Mormon literature. Yeah. And I was like, why is that? Like, if the church is true, then why would like learning about the history be bad, you know? And so I kind of went down this like rabbit hole looked in the history I found this whole this guy had compiled like this 80 page paper called the CES letter about all of the like bad history of the church and I'm like Mormon blood I am the great 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 granddaughter of the second Mormon prophet so 
I'm oh. in it. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm very, very Mormon. And um, I reading all that stuff about the church and all the like real things of who these people were and the prophets and all the terrible things they did, including polygamy and marrying young girls and just all this like terrible, terrible stuff. And my grandpa was one of the worst. I just was like, wow. this is terrible. It was, I literally read it all in one sitting in like an hour and a half. And after that, I just, I see, like I started out reading it being a believer. And then at the very end, I was like, nope, this is bullshit. Like I just knew it was not true. So that was an interesting transition. I was still working in the temple at that time. So I literally had to like tell them that I wasn't going to do that anymore. And it was, and then I'd tell my husband. And then my second thought, like as soon as I had the thought that, oh, the church isn't true. My second thought was I'm a lesbian. It's just like, it all came to me. And then everything about the church that was, that I hadn't been sure about, like supporting gay people or like the feminism issues and all these different things, like they all just like came to me. And I had, there were so many things that I had had like issues with, with like feeling a little bit more liberal leaning on things, but being like, no, I can't think like that because this is what the church tells us to think. All of a sudden I just was like, wow, I can think whatever I want. And I completely disagree with this, 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 and this, you know, wow. it was such a freeing, but terrifying moment for me. <laughs> wow. It sounds like a flip really just <laughs> a switch flipped for you. It really did. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And I feel like from what I've experienced um, with talking to other Mormons I or ex-Mormons, I feel like the ones that were the most invested in it, like the ones that you would never think would leave that were like so crazy intense about it are the ones who have the switches. And it's just like, yeah. they just, something happens for them, their shelf breaks and they just fall hard and it's painful. Yeah. And it is, yeah, it, there's no, no words I can really describe that feeling of like your whole reality being fake. <laughs> wow. Wow. I'm sure you think about this, but I wonder what that version of you, like the 19 year old would think about if she could just have like a little peek into your life now and how free you. I thought about this a lot. Yeah. I thought about this a lot. And I feel like there's half of me that thinks that she would just be like, Oh no. Like there's this scripture Mm -hmm. in the, in the book of Mormon that talks about how in the last days, even the most elect will fall basically Satan will lead away the most like highest greatest people in the church and that was a scripture that like fear mongered me for a long time and I feel Mm -hmm. like that is something that like 19 year old me would look at and be like I have fallen like I let myself fall I think half of me thinks that and the other half of me is like well maybe I would like recognize the fact that oh this all makes so much sense to me and maybe I should trust myself I don't know I don't know if it would save me if I could go back in time if it would save me any time or not but yeah Wow. That is such a beautiful and such a painful story. I'm like, I'm sure it didn't feel beautiful in the moment. It was hard. Um, my ex-husband basically thought that the devil was like taking over me. Yeah. And so there was a lot of therapy. He didn't want me go to therapy, going to therapy. You know, there's a lot of things that went on. Um, and our relationship was toxic on top of me being a lesbian and leaving the church. And I, you know, won't go into that, but Um, we ended up getting divorced about a year later after I left the church and that was a very good thing probably for both of us (laughs) yeah right but yeah I I definitely felt more space after that point to be my full witchy authentic um, self but you would think that I would immediately just be like thriving like I left I broke up with him and I was like oh my god I'm a lesbian and I'm really witchy blah 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 but like as soon as 
as soon as I was able to actually be those things, like reality set in. I was like, oh, I haven't flirted with anybody in three years. Um, I don't even know how to flirt with anyone, let alone girls. Don't know what Mm -hmm. to do. Like, how do I even talk to a girl? No idea. Like, I was completely like, the thought of anyone even knowing that I was queer, like, made me just sob, cry, like, deeply. I was so deeply um, ashamed of it. And I didn't want anybody that I knew to know. And so like, I was so deeply in the closet that it's not like I was like out and proud on social media and being like, who wants to date me or anything, <laughs> you know? So I had a lot of, I had to rely on dating apps and I just did not find anyone that I was interested in. So I, you know, mm-hmm. ended up making the mistake of getting back into another heterosexual relationship and ended up figuring everything out in that relationship and um, then leaving and being in a space to actually like fully, I feel like that relationship I started realizing like no this is actually how I feel and luckily he was really kind and helped me work through all that stuff but I feel like now I'm at a place where I'm just like okay now I can be myself like I'm I'm tired of like pretending tired of like trying to like push myself down for other people and that includes both my sexuality and my spirituality I feel like even recently I feel like I was in the like broom closet I guess yeah right (laughs) for a long time until the last few months like I would casually put little spiritual things on my Instagram but I was really like I'm a very woo-woo person I have some very like I guess out there beliefs and it's kind of terrifying to like put things that are really important to you that you really like like your deepest beliefs on the internet and then just let people tear them apart you know yes so I'm working on this right now is what I'm saying (laughs) (laughs) yeah I hear you um I didn't grow up Mormon or religious Um, but everyone in my town was basically either a Baptist or a Mormon and it was a very, yeah, it's a very small town. And so everyone knew each other and the school was basically religious, which like, you know, shouldn't really be. I remember you telling me about this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We in biology class, the teacher said, but if you want the real truth, you can read the Bible instead. (laughs) So, you know, um, unpacking that of course, but, and now I'm doing something where I have a podcast and a business that's completely around like witchy spirituality stuff that could send me to hell in my younger self's Mm -hmm. belief. So I hear you on unpacking that. It's very scary. And what you're doing though, is so brave uh, with sexuality. Also with the awesome history stuff that you do, you're really just putting yourself out there. And yes, I know people are probably very mean and it probably hurts, but you're helping so many people and touching the hearts of so many. It's really special. Yeah. I mean, people definitely have something to say about everything. And I think that's something I've been realizing as a content creator too. It gets very emotionally draining. Sometimes I want to just literally delete my Instagram and just be like, F it, like I'm over it. (laughs) But um, the more I, the longer, like more time goes on, the more I realize, like no matter what I say or do or think, somebody has something to say about it and why then would I like try to play it safe when I can just be more authentic to myself and the people who don't resonate with that can leave and that's another thing I feel like I've been realizing is that like we're in such a culture of like likes and followers and Mm -hmm. engagement and blah blah blah. and I've been realizing like there's actually nothing wrong with like letting people leave letting people unfollow you and Mm -hmm. just being like you know what I would rather have less followers who are more engaged and actually care about what I'm posting than people who are like following me and just like rolling their eyes every time they see me post something or you know what I mean so that's been a transition I'm 
working on yeah. <laughs> is trying to like let go of that ego and be like no I actually do want to just attract people who are meant to be with me and like it has nothing to do with me if people leave it's we're just into different things and that's fine oh that's beautiful I was actually thinking about that recently too about the algorithm and like mm-hmm. I feel like maybe I should try and figure it out if I want more followers or whatever but uh, it's just so it changes all the time and you have to like put so much energy into it and yeah. it's not real <laughs> like, yeah like it's not a no. real thing it's just that's someone exactly made how I've been feeling yeah it's like you're like we're living in a matrix that's how it feels like I've especially the more into spirituality I get the more I'm just like this is so dumb this is like my fake life you know and I'm just like I, I was a really good little Instagrammer for and TikToker for a while where I was like posting reels almost reels or photos almost every day. I was like, like technically if you really, I've read so much stuff about the algorithm. If you really want to like be good with the algorithm, you should be posting an Instagram story every two hours throughout the day in order to keep up your algorithm and be posting every single day on TikTok. You should be posting multiple times a day, but it finally hit me. I'm like, I'm not a machine. I have things to do other than make reels all day. And I'm so tired of all this constant like short form content to be honest I'm so over reels right now reels and tiktoks like I'm trying to like get back into it and to realize that like you know they can be good too but I'm tired of this like this need to like constantly pump out content like okay make something new for me like today 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 another one another it's just it's exhausting and I'm a human being and I have things like I don't know that's not all I want to like focus my whole life on (laughs) Mm mm-hmm I totally agree. And it's so um, affirming to hear you say that. And it's also like another way that that sneaky bitch internalized capitalism works its right. way in. It's so yes. sneaky. I know. I literally did a meditation, like a breathwork session the other day about all this because I was so stressed mm. about all the things that I felt like I had to do because I'm balancing so many different things, I have so many different interests. But then social media is where I make my money. But then it's the thing that I'm the least passionate about right now. And like, you know, so I've just was like trying to balance everything in my head and like stressed about money and stressed about all the things that I feel like I have to do. And I had this feeling during my um, breathwork meditation that like, of course this is hard for you because like, you're not like, I mean, I believe in past lives and like the feeling was like, you're not used to living in a capitalistic society. Like most people throughout the centuries have not lived like this. Like this is a fairly, like fairly decently new um thing you know especially the way that we do it I mean even look back into the 1800s it wasn't as vigorous people were not expecting you to like get be put on show on a little like a tablet or phone every single day making all this constant like it's just not something that we're used to you know and not I don't know it's like humans used to literally be in communities together and like help you have community gardens and help rear all the children together and like we've kind of lost that you know and yeah, I don't know. There's nice things about technology in the new age, but I've been really thinking lately, like, is this actually better than I used to? Like, I'm glad that, you know, we're more woke about, you know, social just- justice issues and such, but like, is it really, are we really more woke to have technology as opposed to like living in a more relaxed society like that? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I feel like that topic comes up almost once an episode, something around really? that. how we live now. Oh, I saw this one thing, or no, I heard it on my favorite podcast, which is Just Break Up. And one of the hosts, Sierra, was saying that if the whole existence of human life was a year, social media would be like the last couple seconds of the year. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, social media, 
literally just came about when I was in high school. Like, yeah, that's crazy. I went all the way through like junior high (laughs) with none of that. You know, I didn't even have my own, like a smartphone until my senior year of high school, you know, like that's, it's Mm -hmm. wild. And now my sisters are growing up with literally like their likes and like trying to be like affirmed through social media every day. And I can't even imagine how emotionally exhausting that is as a teenager. You know, I, I don't know. I'm obviously I'm like an influencer. And so it seems kind of interesting coming from me, you know, but like, I just, I'm getting more and more disenchanted with social media. I feel like the more that time goes on. Yeah. Well, I think you're the perfect person for it to come, um, come from because you know what it's like and you're still giving that affirmation that it's okay to be yourself and our card today is just so perfect for that oh it is oh you're so cool um I want (laughs) to talk about breath work yeah Um, but first I think I want to talk oh I just wanted to side note and say I've actually been in a temple before uh, really? One, yeah, there was one opening in Arizona, uh, uh-huh. and so I had to put those like little slippers on. Slippers on, yeah. But it was so beautiful. It was it so. Is. It was there was like this huge tub, and they were like ox or something. Yeah, like mm-hmm. whole, baptismal just, font. <laughs> yes, it was that's so beautiful. Baptize, that's where you baptize the dead after they're dead. Oh, that's what that's for. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is beautiful, and it's okay. yeah. I mean when you really believe in it, it does make sense. You're trying to bring every, every soul into the gospel, even after death. Wow. Yeah. That makes sense. It is, so it is beautiful in a way. Yeah. Wait, which um, location were you in Arizona? Yeah. Do you know what city? Uh, it starts with an S. I want to say Stanford, but that's not. Uh, oh, Stafford. Oh. Stafford. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Is that around where I've you're from? That one. No, I'm from Mesa, Arizona. And oh. Stafford, I think, is that's over by um by like New Mexico. Pine Top and stuff. Oh, it's by New yeah. Mexico. Yeah. Okay, I think I know where that one is. Oh, that's so cool. I mean, I could go on a tangent. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Is that is Stafford by Thatcher? I think it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, my family's from Thatcher. Yeah. So that makes sense. My that is so great. We're yeah. so close. I know. That's like wait, are you from Arizona too? I'm from New Mexico. I'm from oh. like the Silver City area. Oh my God. Okay. That's so funny. Wow. That's so funny. You went through an open house. I know. Yeah. It was beautiful. And actually that reminded me the story you said about you would put your hands on people and bless them. It's so beautiful because you were still, you were doing your spiritual work then just under a different name yeah. or under a different like organization, if you want to call it that. Yeah. I think it's almost funny that, um, that Christians and Mormons are kind of like against witchy things. I think a lot of more um, modern Mormons are less, are, are getting more into like all the woo-woo stuff. But mm-hmm. I mean, when I was growing up, that wasn't cooler. That wasn't good, you know, but I always think it's interesting because Mormons have a lot of very ritualistic um, things. So do all Christians, if you look at it, they're, yeah. we all have, like every religion is just a bunch of weird rituals when you really like separate them and look at them. We do weird stuff, you know? So how is that any different than like woo-woo witchy stuff? Yes. Um, I went to a Catholic mass. We had a funeral and there's someone in my partner's family who's witchy like me. And she looked at me and she was all, you know, this is all taken from witches, right? And I was like, yeah. yes. So it it's is, so interesting yeah. to be like. A bunch, of, a bunch of things are taken from the pagan religions when they were trying to like 
go from paganism to Christianity. I mean, Christmas was a pagan religion, so mm-hmm. love that. <laughs> oh, I could go off on that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, of course, correct. <laughs> yeah, I As I began the journey of shifting my career to a job that aligned with my values and beliefs, having an education in health coaching has been transformational. Through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, you can become a certified health coach to empower your relationship with food, health, and wellness, live your dreams, earn while you learn, and embark on a new path. Join the global community of like-minded change agents who are here to empower, inspire, and motivate you to create the life you've always dreamed of by clicking the link in the show notes. And by doing so, you'll receive $2,000 off tuition when you pay in full or $1,500 off tuition if you choose the payment plan option. Or you can mention my name, Samantha Nagel, spelled N-A-G-E-L. Discover how to take a holistic and nourishing approach to health and wellness today. Hello, loves. We're going to take a quick break from our conversation to tell you about my signature group coaching program, the Sensual Wholeness Academy. This is an eight-month program for women and non-binary folk who are ready to let go of shame and claim self-love, sensual empowerment, and somatic healing within an community rooted in radical acceptance. The course includes eight modules which dive into content like strengthening boundaries, claiming your true yes and no, transforming shame around sexuality, building a mindful self-pleasure practice, releasing body and genital shame, transforming trauma, inclusive sex education, empowered intimacy, the wheel of consent, and so much more. When you sign up for the Central Wholeness Academy, you get access to live weekly group coaching calls featuring embodiment practices. You get the eight video training modules. You get access to our VIP virtual community space where you receive ongoing support throughout the whole program. You get guided journal prompts, community to last a lifetime, and bonus workshops with amazing guests. If you're someone who's ready to let go of shame or numbness and claim the sensual empowerment and self-love you deserve, then your next step is to go to marleyliss.com slash SWA. You'll also see the link for that in the show notes. So here you'll see plenty more details about the program and you'll be able to set up a free consultation call with myself where you'll receive personalized support and explore if this is a fit for you. So I'm so looking forward to connecting with you on this call. You're so worthy and capable of this reclamation. Oh yeah, but before we move on to breath work, I wanted to touch on the experience you had of telling the truth and you, you told it in segments, but especially thinking of the experience you had of telling the people at your temple that you were no longer going to work there. Um, You don't have to get into detail, but like, do you have any advice maybe for someone who knows something to be true in their body or their heart, but it's really hard to have that conversation? Yeah. I mean, I feel like this comes up for me a lot with 
um, I get so, so, so many DMs of people asking me who are like, have figured out that they are queer or lesbian within a straight marriage too. And I get a ton of people asking me like what to do about that situation, which I feel like those two are so similar. They're so interlinked. Yeah. Um, my answer always is kind of what you're saying. Like you feel it in your body, you know, it is to stop trying to like push back your intuition. Um, I feel like I did that for a long time with spirituality and my sexuality of just like second guessing myself. And I think that would be my answer is like, reflect, think, think for yourself, like have a night where you really like feel into what you feel and what feels right for you and what you know, deep in your gut, like that knowing that's inside of you, maybe write that down and just kind of be, and just kind of set the intention of no matter what anybody else says, I'm going to stick to this because I know that this is my truth because I'm a people pleaser. And I know that like through this whole process for me, I would try to like have these conversations, like with my ex-husband, for example, or different religious people. And I like would almost feel their feelings because I will get like empathic and I'll start to feel how they feel and like how they're, where they're coming from. And then I would kind of just like revert and be like, oh, you're right. You're right. Like I must be wrong or selfish for feeling this way. Um, but I guess just from like noticing that that's something that can happen, like accepting that that's a thing that might happen to you. And that of course this person or religion or like whoever is going to try to dissuade you like they obviously in the you know when it comes to religion they think that they're literally playing with like your soul here like they don't want you to lose your soul or go to hell it's not usually malignant yeah. or like with the partner they don't want to lose you you know but just recognizing that like it's not selfish of you to listen to what you feel deep down because I think it's actually more um messed up to stay in a situation that isn't authentic to you because you're just wasting yours and everybody else's time so ultimately like I know it sounds easy for me to say this, but like, these are things you have to like internalize. Like I finally had to get to the point of like trying to speak my truth so much, but then like getting shot down so much that I finally had to be like, you know what? I cannot handle this anymore. I cannot stay in this experience anymore. Like it's either I live authentically or I don't live at all. That's literally where I got to. And so I think, yeah, just affirming what you believe, what you think, what you know, and then going into it and being like, I'm sorry if I hurt anybody, but like, this is my truth. And I have to stand by that. I don't know if there's really any other easy way to do it, to say that, like you, you yeah. just have to figure out how to like hold true to what you believe. Thank you for sharing. That was really beautiful. Um, and I think also like having compassion for ourselves when we have a hard talk and we want to say something and we end up saying, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, like that's probably going to happen. Yeah. And it's okay. Like, yeah, it's part of the journey. It's hard to go from one extreme to the other. So if people slip up or not even yeah. slip up, if that's something they experience, it's okay. You can always try. Well, especially, again. especially the like a really big transition, like leaving a religion, leaving a partnership, coming out, any of those things, like you can't expect yourself to, I mean, you can't expect it to go smoothly right away. Like you're, like you said, you are going to mess up sometimes and that's okay we're all human. We're trying our best. Yeah. Thank you. Ash. You're so awesome. Um, so I want to talk about breath work. I yeah. mentioned I've had sessions with you. Um, and you're just, it's a transformational experience. And I saw you posted this online once that it's hard to explain it and it is mm -hmm. hard, but if I could explain it, it feels magical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was wondering if you could, maybe start with like what 
what breath work is and then also what it is that you do. Yeah. <clears throat> so breath work, um, there's multiple different types of breath work. I personally work with pranayama breath work. Um, and so pranayama is, it was a, um, wow, sorry, words. It was a practice that was used in conjunction with yoga. So it was basically created around the same time, same area. Um, and yoga obviously is intended to like kind of work your body and it helps kind of move things through your system and stuff. But the pranayama breath work is much deeper than that. It goes, it kind of clears you out on a more energetic level. Um, and the idea of it is, I mean, I don't know if all of you guys have heard of kundalini, but like kundalini energy is like the snake-like energy basically that goes all along your spine. Um, and it often is kind of like a feminine or sexual energy, um, but it's not all sexual, you know, it's just a very intense like energy in your body. So the idea of pranayama is that it's basically operating off of a belief that you, that any of the, dis any disease in your body whether that's emotional, physical, whatever, any mental health issues, anything that's going on with you comes from deep stored emotions and traumas that are being held in your body still. So basically anything negative that happens to us, if we don't know how to process it out, is going to stick to us and stay in different parts of our body. So pranayama basically is a breath technique that opens up that kundalini energy and moves it up through your body, up through your spine. So like, I like to think of it as um, like these negative emotions or traumas that you have are like tightly, tightly wound around your, um, around your spine in different spots. And then when you start doing the breath work, it basically just unwinds, like slowly unwinds those traumas and then like gets them free from your spine to be able to move up and out of you, um, which sounds like that's kind of crazy, but it's, I mean, when you start experiencing it, it makes a lot more sense. <laughs> But basically the idea, but basically like what it feels like is it's a three-part breath. Um, like it, you're breathing deeply through your mouth and out and um, like you're going at a particular rhythm. You're basically taking in a ton of oxygen. You're like oxygen, oxygenizing, that's the word, <laughs> your body and oxygenating there you go, your body um, and moving all that stuff out. Yeah, it's, it's hard to put in words, hard to fully explain, but... Yeah, you mentioned like um, the word cleansing, I think at some point, and that is, it feels like an energetic, like shake and then release kind of. Yes, uh-huh. Yeah, and I like to tell my clients, I think I probably told you this, that I've felt personally um, from like my guides or whatever you personally like to call them, I've mm -hmm. felt that the breath work sometimes can be a little painful or uncomfortable, I guess, because the thing, it hurt coming in and it hurts coming out. That's the feeling that I've had personally, um, especially as I've worked through different like sexual trauma and things. The deeper the trauma you're working through, the more intense energy that is going to come up in your body. And it's unlike anything else. Like you, I think it kind of takes people mm -hmm. off guard sometimes how much really like the energy really is swirling in their bodies. It can kind of mimic a little bit of a panic attack at first, but if you already know that going into it, um, and know what to look for and the sensations you're going to feel, um, and you have like a guide like me with you, I, I think it's best probably to do pranayama for the first time with somebody who's guiding you through it and who's explaining everything to you so that you feel safe and held in that moment. 
um, and reminded that you're safe to be in your body at any, at any given moment, I, mm-hmm. I feel like it is kind of, it's not like an easy process, but I have full faith that like you, each person has the ability to heal themselves and pranayama is a vehicle to do that. I'm just like facilitating it. I'm just making sure you feel safe, but you're doing your own healing. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Um, you just reminded me that I actually think I did that on my own on accident Oh, <laughs> um, in my very early, like, like I would do chakra guided meditations and stuff as my like intro. And I remember I had a similar feeling of like intense energy and it felt, but it felt really scary because I did it by myself yeah. and I didn't know what was happening. And so when you say that it's good to have a guide, it really is. And also you are an amazing guide and I've worked with other people before and you are really, really good at it. Thank you. That makes me so happy. (laughs) Good. Yeah. I think I told like everyone I knew. Oh my (laughs) God. You're so nice. So nice. Um, Yeah. yeah, it was, it was wonderful. I actually was just telling my dad about it. I was talking to him on the phone. Yeah, I um I ended up seeing my grandmother, which is his mom, in our set in our first session. Um, and then so I was describing to him what that was like, and he thought it was really cool. <laughs> oh, that's amazing! I know I still need to do sessions on all of my family members. I've done it on my sister. I actually haven't even done one on my girlfriend yet. Um, we keep on meaning to, but I like I don't want to do just like a one of like every time I do my breath work, I don't want to just have her join in on it because I want to like do a specific session on her. And I want like her, for her first session to be really good. And we've just mm-hmm. been so busy, but yeah, hopefully that's coming soon. Cause I really want to like show that to her and my family members. I feel like it's kind of a scary thing almost for me to be like, it's like vulnerable, you know? <laughs> yeah. I can relate to that for sure. It's, and yeah, it's a different role that people are seeing you in, which is sometimes mm-hmm. weird and just, yeah. just weird. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you got certified like four months ago when this comes out or so. Um, I'm curious what the journey to getting certified was for you or why you, why you were drawn to that. Yeah. So I actually had been feeling the calling of being a healer for multiple years. Um, but I just didn't take that seriously. I don't know. Like I, I felt that feeling from my guides and I was like, okay, cool but I didn't know if I was going to go into like an actual spirituality healing role as like a profession in any way. And I just was still, like I said, in the broom closet um, about my spirituality really. Um, And I just never really found something that I was like, wow, this is the thing that I feel so strongly about that this is going to help people. Like I didn't want to just get certified in something that I like thought was okay, but wouldn't really, you know, change anything or help anything with anyone. And then, um, so what you were telling me about how you like felt like looking at my Instagram account at that one time. And I just posted mm-hmm. about that. That happened to me with another, um, spirituality mentor gal that I follow. Um, I had the feeling to like, look at her page and I saw, I saw that she had just barely released a course, um, about like manifesting. It was called, um, quantum leap 3.0. And it was all about like getting into the quantum field and like basically like timeline jumping and becoming the person that you want to be like now. And so I bought the yeah. course and she's actually certified in Pani on the breathwork as well. And mm-hmm. she like was hyping up to everybody. Like there's a breathwork um, 
recording at the end, like after you've finished everything else, there's a breath recording. This is like magic. This is amazing. You're going to be obsessed with it. And I was like, okay, like breath work, breathing, like, okay. Like I, I think most people that hear it are just like breathing. I can do that on my own for free. And like, (laughs) like, what's that going to do? Like how cool it'll get me calm, I guess. So, um, she did a really good job about like writing everything out to expect, tell it like she had a little like intro part before her recording, really like explaining everything that we were gonna, that we were gonna experience. Um, and yeah, she wasn't joking. <laughs> the, she, um, she led us through the breath work and I love the way that she did it and the way that she um, facilitated. And it was so just huge for me. I felt like I was, I did, I've done the, her um, specific recording like multiple, multiple times. And I felt they, I had some moments that were just truly, truly life-changing. And I felt like I was making headway on releasing like sexual trauma and stuff, like more in one session than I had in like seven years of therapy, you know, like there were just these crazy things that were happening for me. And so I, I don't know, after a few of those sessions with myself, I guess I was like, I need to learn how to do this. I need to do this. Like, this is amazing. I need to share it with other people. So I messaged her, asked her who she got certified by. And I signed up to be in the class with her mentor, um, David Elliott. And so, yeah, in January I got certified and I had a lot of imposter syndrome. (laughs) I just was like, who am I to be a healer? I've never done anything like this. I'm going from being like an Instagram, like professional lesbian, basically (laughs) like an Instagram lesbian. (laughs) So literally like doing pranayama breath work, like who's going to take me seriously? Like, I don't know. Like I have no idea how to do this, you know? Yeah. Um, but it was, it was crazy. I feel like even just in my, I'd never facilitated anything or done any kind of (laughs) anything with anyone before. And in my course, I, they like split us up into groups of two and we had to do um, the breath work Mm -hmm. on each other. And I was so terrified. In fact, I had my, um, the girl I was, the girl that I was um, working with my partner, I had her do a session on me first. And I, like breathed through my disbelief of and like um not believing in myself and being afraid of like being a healer and stuff and I like bawled had such a crazy experience with that and then I just I don't know I was just like in the zone and I feel like I did I felt so just in the zone when I um was doing it on other people in my class and then afterwards I just feel like it's come very very naturally to me and I was kind of shocked and it's crazy because I had felt this strong 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 like feeling over and over and over and over again to get certified and to do it and that I was a healer blah 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 but it's like I didn't fully believe it until I would do a session and still every single session like our session every other person that I've done there's this feeling in in my mind that I'm just like are they liking it are they getting anything from it do they like Mm -hmm. am I saying the right things is this annoying like was that like too much to say or blah 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 like I second guess myself and I would be so unsure about how people were experience like how they were feeling until the very end until after like we finished the breath work and then the meditation at the end and then every single person would get up and be like oh my god (laughs) that was incredible that was amazing you were so right like you really don't know how to explain it until you experience it you know like and it's just been it's been such a beautiful journey to realize like I'm just a vehicle and I've just you know it's it's great to be able to share this with other people basically (laughs) yeah Oh, I hear you on that inner critic or that imposter syndrome. And I actually wanted to touch on this earlier, but I forgot. Um, I'll even catch that, like, I don't know what to call it, like internalized religion or something, like come up yeah. whenever I'm, 
Oh, like for example, my room is obviously very witchy that I yeah. do stuff in. This is our second bedroom and my partner's grandparents were staying with us this week. Um, and so I felt like really nervous. Like it's obviously very witchy and they're not. And I felt so ashamed. And I even asked, should I take down everything? And he was like, no, they don't take down their crosses when you, you go so over true. to their house. Um, but I feel like that like voice of like, this isn't real or like on one end or like, you're going to go to hell or like, this is bad. This is wrong. This is scary. Like yeah. comes up a lot. Do you feel like you have to navigate through that sometimes as well? Yeah. I feel like maybe not the religion part as much, um, mm. but more of like, I feel like I've worked, done a lot of work on that. I mean, I have a lot of religious things that come up for me, but maybe not that exact thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's more of the feeling of, am I crazy that you're saying like, am I crazy? Are this works for me and I feel this way when I do breath work, but will other people, like, is this just my own brand of crazy or will other people feel the power of it too? I think that's the thing that yeah. I like struggle with. Like, am I just psycho or, or is this a real thing? And I've had it like affirmed to me over and over that it is a thing. And even the people I've worked with that are not super spiritual have had a great experience, but there's still that little part of me that comes up every time of like, am I actually crazy? Is this actually, like, is this actually real? <laughs> you know? Are these experiences real or am I just like, I don't know, just a little bit off? (laughs) Yes. Uh, I think healer or not healer. I think any spiritual person probably will relate to that. Yeah. And I actually used to do um, assessments, like psychological assessments. And some of the questions you ask are like, do you have experiences like the one you're describing in your body? Do you hear things? And every time I would ask those questions, I'd be like, yes. I do. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's like a lot to unpack that side as well. And yeah. actually, this is not a good segue, but I know that you do more than spirituality, obviously, but you do a lot of scientific um like content where you talk about other things besides spirituality. How do you balance those those different interests or those different sides of yourself? Yeah, I feel like this is this is something that I'm interested in talking about because I'm in the middle of figuring out how to balance them. I don't have it all figured out. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think I've been in this internal like battle lately of like, oh, if you're a spiritual person, especially if you're like making spirituality a career in any way or you're a healer, then like, it's almost like you have to create, make your whole personality into like a spiritual person. And like all the yeah. content you post on Instagram has to be spiritual or blah, blah, blah. Or like, I don't know. And I've I think I'd been fighting against being a healer for so long because whenever I thought about a healer, it was only this very particular like cookie cutter idea in my head of like, oh, I have to be posting about spirituality all the time on social media. And this is my whole personality. And it's just not for me. Um, It's a very big part of my personality. One of the biggest parts of my personality, but I'm just so insanely curious and I love learning and I'm really into history. So I I post on YouTube, um, queer history and cannabis history, um, as well as I think it's so, so fascinating to look into like how people have been getting intoxicated throughout the years for, you know, all the centuries, like what's going on there, why we do what we do, um, like how cannabis affects our system, how alcohol affects our systems, why we're so caught up on all these things. Like I find all that so interesting and why humans, you know, do the things that they do, why they have done the things that they do throughout history. Like all the things people have done throughout history. It's all just so interesting to me. And like most of the time you're going to, like if I'm listening to a YouTube video or a podcast, 
I, I have my spiritual ones that I do like to listen to, especially when I'm trying to be in like a spiritual zone. But most of the time I'm listening to like a weird history, like YouTube video about like some potato drought or why like arsenic was in the paint in the walls in the 1800s and stuff like that. You know, like I'm just so interested in that. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like for me, it's this constant balance of realizing like I can be a spiritual human being. And I also can have other interests and that's okay. And like, just because I don't post about spirituality all the time, I'm trying to post about it more, especially on my stories. And like when I do photo dumps and stuff, just like sharing little glimpses into my life. But I don't always think of like great real ideas, like real or TikTok ideas for like spirituality. It's it's really hard for me to like take my spiritual experiences that are so profound and then like translate them onto social media. You know, I think that's a difficult thing for me. And I try my best, but I think I'm, I've been realizing as I, I like had all these aspirations to just go straight spiritual mode on my Instagram and just completely transition everything. But then yeah. I realized I was like pushing away these other things that I was very interested in. And like, I don't necessarily need to do that, you know? So I don't know, I, I guess balance, I guess this isn't very good advice necessarily, but I guess I'm just realizing that we're allowed to have different parts of our personality. We're allowed to be interested in lots of different things. And like, just because you're interested in, queer history doesn't mean that you can't be like a spiritual healer you know and they're just you can have different parts of yourself and that's okay and just because you're spiritual you don't have to become like the stereotypical (laughs) like yogi who like speaks very like very quietly or like doesn't swear or whatever like you can still Uh say fuck and still be spiritual you know (laughs) (laughs) yes um do you follow Sada Simone or listen to spiritually sassy Okay, I don't think I follow her, but I think I've come across her a few times. Yeah, it's actually a, I think his pronoun him. him. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, then no, I haven't. (laughs) (laughs) He, I'll send you his page later, uh, but he's so cool. He talks about that you can be spiritual and sassy and you can wear bright colors. Uh, You can be gay. You don't have to like talk in the quiet, peaceful voice unless you want to. Yeah, I think that's such such beautiful permission. And it sounds simple. Like you mm-hmm. said, you said it might not be good advice, but it is because we need that permission sometimes because we're so mm-hmm. taught that our labels or the things that we identify as are the only things we can identify as. And we're nuanced yeah. people who feel a lot and who are interested in a lot. So I think it's great advice. Mm, thank you. Yeah. We're layered, man. That's okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it. Um, and you're enough too. It's, it's okay that you're just posting a little bit on social media, or it's okay. If you don't know how much to post, whatever you're doing is enough because it's what you're doing. Thank you for that validation. I appreciate that. You're welcome. It's definitely something that I like beat myself up about a lot. Yeah. But I, but it's like, I internally, I consciously know that it's like my worth is, or like, my followers won't hate me if I only post like once a week on Instagram, you know, or like if I don't post every two hours on my story, like it's not the people who care of will still be there. You know, it's, I think we as like humans are so we get to be so ego driven and it's like, actually people don't care as much as you think they do. Like mm-hmm. people aren't waiting around like, oh my God, why has Ash not posted on her story <laughs> in like two days? Like what the hell? I've been waiting to see what's going on in her life every two seconds, you know, like, yeah. I put so much pressure on myself for no good reason. I think these humans just do that. It's dumb. <laughs> we do. We definitely do it. Not the only one. Um, I love that. Let's see. 
think we chatted about everything that we wanted to. This was such a great conversation. I really can't express enough how worth it. I think a breathwork session with you is, Ooh. and I'm like a frugal, if I don't have to spend money, I won't. There's a, there's an episode about financial health that came out mm-hmm. maybe a month ago, two months ago. And I shared that, like, I'll let my underwear get hold in them before I get new ones. And mm-hmm. then, so all that being said, I really think a session with you is worth it. I think it's life-changing. And even if you can only afford one, I think it's worth it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, not even just with me, but I think that pranayama breath work is life-changing. Absolutely. So yeah, check it out. Whether that's like booking with me um, or looking up um, guided ones online. I actually am planning to already have guided meditations out, guided pranayama breathwork meditations out by the time this airs. So you can check those out. (laughs) Those will probably be much cheaper, but you know. Yeah, well, that's cool. I'll look forward to that. Just on a personal note. (laughs) Uh, Well, awesome, Ash, thank you. Um, I like to ask everyone to send the listeners home with a resource or a challenge that they can do this week. Okay. I would say definitely, you know, okay, here's a challenge for you. I hadn't even thought about this until right now, Mm -hmm. but this is something that I felt really guided to do and I have not been perfect at it, but I have done it a few times, which is, um, delete your social media for a week out of every month. (laughs) I did this for a few months in a row and then I got very behind on different projects I needed to post for Instagram. So I haven't done it recently, but I'm planning on doing it next month. It is almost life-changing as well to just like delete the apps from your phone, all social media apps from your phone. You'll realize how much you get on your phone just to like click on it absently and how much Mm -hmm. time you get back. It makes you really start thinking like, wow, I've realized that social media is one of my hobbies and I don't really have many other hobbies. Like it will make you really force you to like think about the things you actually want to do with your life and actually do them. So I would say that is definitely my, my charge for you guys this week. Oh, yes. I second that. Um, at the end of last season, I took like six weeks off social media completely. I deleted wow. it from my phone. Um, and I was so shocked, like you said, at how much I would open my phone and go to the folder where the app was and then be like, oh, shit. Yeah, it's not even there. And I don't even want to like I would just open it to close it again. It's like multiple times in an hour multiple times in a few minutes, like you just forget. And mm-hmm. it's made me realize how much time I just waste. I just go on there and just scroll or just like yeah. check comments or whatever. And it's, there's yeah. so many other better things to do with your time. <laughs> Absolutely. So I love that challenge. You could do it right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Right things. now, delete right it. Now. <laughs> uh, awesome. Thank you. So how can, what is your Instagram, your YouTube? How can people book sessions with you? All that good stuff. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at ashmorgan.xo um, and on YouTube at ashmorgan. You can book. I have um, the link to book in all of my bios and all of my, um, what are they called? Link links, tree all of the links. Yeah, yeah. I have a bio site that's on all of my links and all my socials. And I think, did you say that you were going to put it in the show notes? Yeah. Yes. The bio link will be in the show notes so you can find me anywhere in one convenient location. <laughs> oh, that's such a good idea. Um, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. This was such a treat to talk to you and 
let us know what you thought of the episode, everyone, after you've deleted your uh, social media. <laughs> so yes, let us know. Exactly. Next yeah, let us know. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Empowered Spirituality Podcast. If you liked this episode, it would mean the world to me and my guest if you would rate and review this podcast. Um, You can do that on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Spotify actually just created a new option to rate your favorite podcasts. Um, So that would be a wonderful way to help the show grow and also just to show me some support and love. Or maybe you'd like to send this episode to someone you think would benefit from it. Um, If you'd like to tag me or my guests on social media or comment on this episode post, you can find me on Instagram at empowered.spirituality. And on that Instagram uh, account, I also share things related to holistic health, uh, menstrual cycle awareness, uh, movement, um, and all kinds of things. So I would love for you to give me a follow over there. And lastly, I am taking clients for one-on-one session work. I offer three and six months programs with the option to keep going. Um, In these one-on-one coaching containers, we really get to do a deep dive of spirituality, if that's something that interests you, or if not, we don't touch it. Um, Movement, food, your menstrual cycle, if you have one. And we also really do a deep dive into our intuition and our authenticity. And we also look at things like how much we're consuming alcohol and substances. And we use a really intuitive, flexible framework for approaching these things that we're really taught are strict uh, in our culture. So I'd love to see you over there. My website is empoweredspirituality.online and you can book a free consultation call. But until next time, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll see you next Thursday.